there. This is Geeky Steve D, Stephen Diggs Jr. coming at you. And today is, I guess, going to be kind of more of a standard episode that I thought. And I don't know if you guys could hear that clicky pen that I just clicked on or not. But, oh well, whatever. That's what it is if you heard it. So today, I'm going to kind of do some, some news. This is something that I kind of had the, as an idea for this show in the first place. Kind of do some news, kind of do some things that are going on. And if I do sound any different, it is because I'm using my wireless headphones, just some cheap inked wireless headphones. Uh, they're like 30 bucks, 30 bucks. So anyone out there who thinks I'm spending money on right now to, uh, to make this show sound better, I will. But I want to prove a point right now. I just want to show people that you can, you can make with what you have now. You can use the default headphones you have or the cheap Bluetooth headset you got. It doesn't have to be fancy to at least get your point out there, to get your point across. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely be nice to have something that's definitely um, a little higher quality. But you know what? Sometimes you have to make do with what you got, and it's all about content. That's, that's honestly what it really is about. So today, I'm going to start off with the debut of the PlayStation 5 logo. And it basically is the PlayStation 4 logo. It basically is that logo that they used from the when they rebranded the PlayStation 3 as the PS3, and when after the horrible Spider-Man-looking logo that was the PlayStation 3 and the weird, creepy commercials with the baby crying and weird stuff that they did for a while. It basically was the rebrand of that, and then they just kind of called it PS3. So it's PS3, PS4, PS5, all the same logo. Makes sense for consistency, to be honest. It makes sense because the PS4 has done super well, super well. At the end of the PS3, they caught up with the Xbox 360. So this makes a lot of sense that they want to continue that legacy because it, it, they're keeping the number system. They're also keep, kind of just showing that we are going to look. You know what we are. This is what we're going to do. I think that I think that's a, probably a smart move that. They just kind of keep the branding the same. And especially if, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about that the game systems are going to be more backwards compatible in the next generation. So it almost makes sense that it's just like three, four, five. They're all going to kind of have the same logos because, you know, they're part of the same ecosystem. iPhone does it. Uh, Samsung kind of does it. And especially iPhone, though. If you look at the iPhone logo itself, the lowercase i, capital P, the logo, the letters, the font, it all stays the same. It's the numbers afterwards that change. And even then, they, they just go up in increments. They really don't change it like the fonts, a, a standard font. So I think from a branding standpoint, it does make a lot of sense. But at the same time, you know, maybe you want something new. It's just, you know, we're humans. We love seeing new things. So it's not a disappointment. I think this is to be expected. And I think that the next, I mean, we're seeing these systems in the fall, so I'm going to say we're going to see systems uh, September, October. I mean, we are eight, nine months away, something like that, and we're just going to start seeing more and more. This is going to be a, it's going to be a pretty crazy year for video games with the, the launch of the two new systems, um, and then there's some other big games still coming out for the old systems, which I'll get to here shortly, too, because this is going to be one of those big years for a lot of things happening in the games in the game world. There's there's a lot of changes going on between 
loot crates kind of on their on their way out. You got some blockbuster games that are going to be coming out. You got new systems, and with that, you, you know things like new controllers. There's um, there's been some talk of a new PlayStation, uh, not a controller, but more like an, an additional button on the back of the controller, like something you can remap, which which might work out. Um, and you know, no one no one really knows a lot about backwards compatibility. The rumor of there being they're going it's going to be a lot more backwards compatible. That's going to be amazing. And I think that that's something that I think that in the future all systems should just do because I still love playing old games. The PS2 was one of my favorite systems. It probably is probably overall in terms of game systems or games I would go back and play. It would be more PS2 than anything because I just kind of grew up with the PS2 and that library is 2,500 games deep in the U.S. alone, and you can get any type of game that you would want. I believe I talked about this in an earlier episode, probably episode one maybe episode two. That game library was so robust. I wish that they would just make the new game systems just to a full hardware backwards compatibility, or at least the software compatibility that was in the PS3's backwards compatibility in the software systems, because that worked in almost all games. And you can, you can work on it. You can, you can make it better. And I just, you know, I want to be able to go back and play some of these old games that, you know, I love. I want to go and play the old Gran Turismo games, actually. That's something that I've been wanting to kind of go back and do is play the old Gran Turismos. You know, it may, if you want, I want to play the old Metal Gears, Metal Gear Solid. You know, uh, one, you can play on the PS3, but you can't play it on any of the other ones. I mean, you can. Actually, no, I don't think you can on the PS4. The PS3, I think you can get it on the store, on the PlayStation store. And they had a collection, I think, that came out. But... I want to be able to go play those games. I want to be able to go play, maybe I want to compare playing the old Resident Evils of, you know, 1, 2, and 3, 1 in the director's cut, compare them to the new ones, the, the, the awesome, crazy ones that, you know, of 1 and 2 that we got now with 3 coming out very soon. Now, it'd just be fun. There's a lot of great fighting games. You know, I, I haven't talked a lot about fighting games on this show outside of the wrestling games, which... In some ways, let's be honest, wrestling games are fighting games. But I love fighting games. It's one of my favorite genres. It's something I'm probably going to talk about more here in the in the in the future with some of the bigger the fighting game tournaments and stuff that'll be coming up. That there's a lot of room for having older fighting games, with, you know, to to become more of a thing again. Uh, I love the Guilty Gear series, and right now they're kind of working on relaunching the series. Uh, they 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 said. Arc System Works came out and said that they want to like remap the game again in, in terms of like they're not going to have the same controls or, or they're going to play differently. I don't know, they made it sound like they're going to kind of work it from the ground up again, but it won't be the same basic controls. And I like the Xrd and the, the 3D, 2.5D, I guess, as you will, games. You know, play like they have the, the Mortal Kombat style graphics or Street Fighter V type of graphics, but I, I really like the old 2D ones. I can't tell you how much time I probably put into the Guilty Gear X2. My friend Brian and I probably have played that, I mean, maybe a, more than 100 hours, him and I. That's when I fell in love with Chip. Or not Chip, he did. I, Soul. That's when I, I really started to hone my craft as a fighting game player. That's something that I want to do more again. I want to get back into kind of a competitive scene in fighting games. And I got, I got pretty good with Soul. I fell out in Exxon. It's just, it, it's a hair different of a game. And I like the 2D anime fighters. That's something you don't see a lot in in video games anymore. 
but you see it so at Evo, the, the you know the biggest tournament, they have the uh Animevo or Animevo. Animevo sounds more sense, it makes more sense. Maybe Animevo since it tie in both names, but basically that's all these anime style fighters. It doesn't have to be based on anime, but it has to have that style, the feel. So you you know, you do get the, the Sailor Moon for the Super Nintendo that's a broken game. You get Fist of the North Star, which is made by the guys who make Guilty Gear. But you get guilty, you get usually it's like Guilty Gear, I think it's uh, X2 Reload, something, hashtag, pound sign, asterisk star, it's something like that. It's one, of, it's one of the versions of X2, one of the, I think it's the newest one that they made of the 2D series, which I think you can still get on Steam, which is highly recommended, highly recommended. Any of the X2 series, I just love. And the characters are all great. You, you know, Animevo also has some some of these other anime style games. You know, Melt Blood. It's had uh, Blaze Blue. I think is still played. Well, Blaze Blue's not anymore. Blaze Blue's still played in Animevo, but Blaze Blue, the that new cross tag battle where it's kind of a it's got characters from that, but it's also got characters from some anime and some other shows. That's kind of the game that's now on the main stage. The Animeva games are just fun, and they're a different style. They're more traditional in terms of gameplay, but some of them do have some different things. Uh, something like Arcana Heart has some like, crazy air mechanics and, and flight, almost. And I miss those games. I, I, you know, if I was to make a fighting game, if I, if I had the no rules in development, and they said, hey, Steve, what's a, what's a fighting game you want to make? Let's, let's make a fighting game. I, would, I, would, I have two options in my head. It would either be a realistic Tekken. It'd play a lot like Tekken, kind of like Virtual Fighter, but be a little more on the realistic side with with more real moves, not as much juggling, more real, um, more real gravity. I guess is the is the way to explain it because those games the characters can kind of float and bounce off the ground. See, there's a lot of room for combos. I, I want to see something a little more realistic. It still have a health bar. I don't want it to be like Bushido Blade, even though that game's awesome. But I, I want it to be a little more realistic and, and, and be more about the strategic of the moves. And, you know, and basically you have to make the game balanced, and that's hard, and you have to constantly balance the game. Every modern fighter now is balanced constantly. The Mortal Kombat guys have always been really good for that for the last couple of games, ever since the 9, which was just called Mortal Kombat. They've been really good about kind of constantly behind the scenes, kind of updating the game to to make it balanced. Because if a fighting game gets off the rails, the Fist of the North Star game, you, there's you can do a lot of one hit kills. You can you can get people stuck in an infinite juggle, even though it's a 2D game. You get people stuck in infinite juggle. You, that's it. They're done. There's a really famous video on Twitch of a dude literally. He just starts a, he just starts one of these infinite combos. And the the competitor just literally leaves control down and walks up and gets away because it's just done. It, it, it just it's it's it. And that would be my one style game. The other one would be like an anime fighter. Literally the other end of the spectrum. Fireballs, crazy characters, the cool anime art style. Maybe some of that like rock metal type soundtrack that's in the Guilty Gear games because I really really do think that Guilty Gear is just one of the best 2D games. You know, along with some you know Street Fighter. I, I like the Street Fighter 2 series in particular. I, I never really got to play a lot of 3 when I was growing up, and 
I never I've played some of three now, but I haven't played as much as a lot of other people. And I know that a lot of people love three, three third strike, and those games. Uh, and they're not, they're not, none of them are bad games. You know, the, the thing I'm talking about is a lot of these games I'm talking about, they have their charm. And there's something about the 2D games that have a lot of charm that 3D games don't. Maybe part of it's because you hand draw those sprites in, in some ways or they're computer aided. But someone's still got to go in there and build that. Yes, you do got to go in there and build 3D characters, but you can, you can make 3D, um, skeletons that you can use for every character. You can't make a 3D skeleton for a 2D character. Everything has to be custom built pretty much for every character. And there's something about it. Something about it feels like they've done it more by hand. And it that's probably one of the reasons why I really like it. And also I'm a big anime fan. And I still think there's room for anime fighters. Uh, Skullgirls. I, I wish there would be maybe a new one of that and kind of kick the scene off again for the, the 2D anime fighters. So that's something that, you know, I'm looking forward to. And, you know, on top of that, we're starting to see a lot of other games coming out now because it's getting cheaper to develop games as they become more and more like PCs or they are just you know, PC games. Skullgirls even has a mobile version, for instance, to just you know, show you that these games now are, are, getting, are, are, are being able to be a little more diverse in terms of their their portfolio of what systems they belong to. And then that brings me to my next thing of they leaked the Final Fantasy VII demo. So it sounds like, yes, everyone, we are going to get a demo for this new Final Fantasy VII, which is amazing. The The gameplay for that trailer, when they released that, I don't know, six months ago or a year ago, whatever they did, maybe it was E3, that looked awesome. It just... And that had a style. That that's kind of what I'm talking about. It had it had a cool look, something different. And yeah, it's a remake, but it's a remake of an older game. And this is a game built from the ground up too. This is a brand new version of the game. It's it looked like it was an action turn-based game. There's a lot of looks like still some not turn-based, but more like you you're almost like a head coach in a football game, like the NFL head coach game. Or, you know, when you turn on coaching mode in Madden and you coach these guys, you tell them what to do and then you can still manipulate, but there's also other people doing their own thing and it's all real time with some realistic, it's like realistic anime graphics. A lot like the Advent Children movie or the Final Fantasy Spirits Within, they have that, it has that look. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think the demo is going to maybe help people that never grew up with the Final Fantasy series to maybe maybe actually play it. It's going to do well. This game's going to do well. I, I, the first one, at least, is going to do well. Hopefully there's not any game-destroying bugs. It's not hashtag WWY2K20 or, or something like that that would just destroy the game or Anthem that had a million issues. Fallout 76 had a million issues. As long as there's not something like that, I think this game's going to do extremely well. The gameplay so far looked extremely well. I think that that's, that's something that we can definitely hope in the future make, you know, look good. And I'm hoping that, hey, maybe the demo will help them make the game better. Uh, just like right now, the Neo 2 demo or beta test for it is actually helping design the game to be a little better and changing some things and tweaking some things just so it's a little, it's a little more perfect. And the PlayStation blog just put up a post about 
how the that recent test for Neo 2 has changed the actual game for Neo 2. And I wish that they would do that more and more and more. And maybe, to be honest, that maybe that's what demos should start being. Because unfortunately, we don't really get a lot of demos anymore. Demos are something I sorely miss from the earlier days of gaming. PS1 had all those cool Pizza Hut demo discs, the jam pack ones, the PS2 had jam pack ones. You could get the PlayStation Magazine and get demos. You could get all kinds of ways to get demos. There were demos in other games. And now with it being downloadable, you think it'd be, you think every game would have a demo. Honestly, if I was any game that was really afraid that I was not going to do really well or you tried to promote a little bit more, I'd make a demo. Why not? NBA 2K still has demos, which I love. And that's, it's a great way to sell the game to more people. You're going to get a lot of people regardless with the game. Just because if they got built-in audiences, especially games like the NBA games, Final Fantasy has a built-in audience, and and a lot of other games. But if you're a new game, or you're something that hasn't, if it's if it's a remaster of a game from 10, 15 years ago, why not? Why doesn't Crash Team Racing have a small one-track demo, just to kind of show people, hey, this is what it is. This is how fun this game is. Makes you want to get the game. It's a huge underutilized thing. Square Enix has more or less kept up their, their demos for a lot of games. Final Fantasy 15 and some other ones have, have had demos. And it's made me more intrigued. I'm not the biggest RPG guy. I'm really not. I, I've never really played a lot of them. I did play 7. I played a little bit of 8. I played Soikoden 1 or 3. I know if I, if I looked at the cover for the PS1 one, I'd know, I'd know which one it is. But with demos, you're able to explore your options without paying for it. And more people might be willing to try different games. I think that that may have helped Metal Gear Solid sell as a game. It was in a Pizza demo disc. I think it was in a Jam Pack demo disc. It may have been in something else, to be honest, as well. And that, that really did help the game sell because I think people got to play it. Same thing with Gran Turismo, the original Gran Turismo. In fact, I would literally try to play the different demo disc for Gran Turismo because they had a different car selection and I think it had a different track. That's how far I went with Gran Turismo. One, Gran Turismo 1. You, you wanted it because this game had the Corvette. This game had the high speed ring. Or, you know, this game had uh, Grand Valley Speedway. Something like that was how it was set up. So you 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 go out of your way. You're like, I want this because I want to play. I want to try this, and then you try that, and then you it would get you hyped for the the actual game. And 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 also now you could use it to help test your game. Things that are broken, things like a fighting game where you can you can you can literally kind of use it to help balance your game. And and no beta tests do that, but so do demos. And you know they, no one thinks about that, but they really can. They can really shape your game. There, the, the demo for NBA Elite 11, for instance, was so bad. Everyone hated it so much that they, they made the shooting stick-based, which is funny because it kind of is like that in 2K now. It really is like that in 2K. It was a little, it was a little more realistic, I think, in the, that NBA Elite game. It, but everybody hated it so much that 
they canceled the game when it came out. There's only a handful, maybe 100, 200 copies of the game never existed because they pulled them off shelves. So it's extremely rare. But if it wasn't for that demo, the game would have came out. And then, you know, there would have been all this backlash. And it, it would have really hurt EA. This game didn't hurt EA as much because they were able to get rid of it quickly, and that's because of the demo. I don't think they should have canceled it. They probably should have just worked on it. They should have just got it better. But, I mean, because ever since then, the NBA Live series, because they went back to live, but after that, because of the debacle of the leak, you know, it's never been the same. Even though I actually don't mind the live games, they've done one or two unique things. And I think the demos, you can test things. Maybe, maybe you can even promote having unique things. And look, you can put on there, we're trying these things. We're going to, here's the main game, but do you want to try the experimental stuff? And the experimental stuff is meant to try different things, try different difficulty modes in certain games. You know, like Devil May Cry always had the, the one hit kill mode that you could unlock. Maybe something like that in an, in an action game. Maybe, maybe in a sports game you can experiment with uh, first person mode. There's a first person mode in some of the NFL games, for instance. Maybe you could do that in a sports game as a, in the part of a demo. You can try it. Engage crowd reaction, fan reaction, especially now with Twitter. YouTube people, the game, the gamers will play games on YouTube, that kind of thing. It'd be perfect. It'd be the perfect kind of place to actually do that. And also, it's just the, the taste, man. That, that taste of all these little, even the little games, especially, especially the little games. If you're the small indie developer that's five people, and you put the game up for $10, unless it becomes a cult hit or, or a cuphead, how do you know that people are going to play your game? There's a lot of word of mouth, but at the same time, there's a lot of amazing little games that don't get any recognition. If you put a demo out there, for, and, and maybe maybe you have to pay for the demo. That might be something that I'm not sure, but Sony and Microsoft, but let me just say now, there shouldn't you should have to pay for the demo. Demo should be free. That it... You might better sell more copies of the game. At least get people interested. At least know your name exists. They'll see you in the store. They see you exist. Visibility is key for everything. And you know that's that's what that's what I think that's what I think demos are are, are good for. I would have Metal Gear Solid was a sequel to a game for the Nintendo that I never even heard of when I was a kid for the Nintendo. Well. Now, you, you know, who wants to play the old Nintendo game now? Of course everyone wants to, because they want to go back and play games because it's in that series. The Gran Turismo was a brand new racing game. It was the first real solid sim racing game for the system, for the PlayStation, for any console, really. It, there was PC games. Papyrus made NASCAR games, the stellar NASCAR racing games. There was even a Need for Speed games, but they were more open, not open world. That's definitely not the right thing. They were more like open space, right? They weren't on tracks. They weren't more based on realism and, you know, customizing your car. You know, how many times did you hear about people back then, especially, would buy those games to help tune their real car? You know, because there were real cars in the games. There were real tracks in the game. You know, the, the, the game handles at least close enough that you, you could make a, a good facsimile of that in your real car. So that's what was always great about those those demos you got to learn new things i ctr i learned about ctr i believe through that crash bass which was 
the Mario Party of the Crash Bandicoot world. Tomb Raider, I probably may not have ever played a Tomb Raider game if it wasn't for that. Twisted Metal, I think my first experience was a demo, and man, that Twisted Metal series is just freaking awesome. You know, like that's just that's just some awesome games. You know, car combat games like that. You know, that was kind of a new genre at the time. There wasn't that many in that world. It was Carmageddon, I believe, that might predate Twisted Metal, but that's it. So. Demos, man, demos are just one of those things, one of those things that need to make a comeback. And it, it definitely needs to make a comeback. And anyone out there, anyone that's in the gaming world, anyone that's a developer, anyone out there that would happen to hear this, please, 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 please bring back demos. Because to be honest, they will help sell your game. And now Xbox Game Pass, for instance, has just announced they're doing updates to their library this month with Tekken 7 coming out, Sword Art Online, Fatal Bullet, Frostpunk, which I've never really got to play, Faster Than Light is going to be on the PC one. And that's the cool thing about the Game Pass, is that Game Pass is basically a lot like the modern demo in in a lot of ways because that allows you to try a game without having to pay for it and you know it's part of the service I, now the thing is is i don't know if developers make more money on those and and if they would in the long run or compared to just selling the game separately but that's where dlc and maybe Things like Rocket League does with having things that you could buy, like the Rocket Pass, to unlock different things for your car. Maybe that's how they can make more money. As long as it's not loot crap, like the loot crate nonsense, or you know whatever they want to call it, the packs and the Madden Ultimate Team, all the Ultimate Teams. That's what I'll play it. I don't want to gamble, even if I even if I never buy anything with real world money. But I do look at the Game Pass as as a as a way to be a demo, uh, the PlayStation Now is the same way. PlayStation Now needs to to get better though. I recently retried this service. They give you another free seven day free trial. You can download most of the games, but still some are streaming only. And some of the streaming only games are, are quick reflexes. There are some fighting games that are streaming only. There are some racing games that are streaming only. There are some other like quick action games and games that you can play online that are streaming. So you're almost like double dipping on the internet. You're streaming it to then stream it. And that needs fixed. I, I don't know if that's, that might be licensing. There might be some licensing deals there, but I hope that every game that Sony makes, at least the older ones, maybe not the newer ones, you know, but, but, but Spider-Man's been out for a while. Maybe like games like that should be on the Game Pass. All the older games, the old Uncharted games, they should all be on Game Pass. Just like, just like now, but game, or not Game Pass, excuse me, they should be on PlayStation now. Just like Game Pass does have all of the Microsoft games now, and the ones going forward. You know, Gears, Forza, the Crackdown, and they have some of the, a lot of the older ones as well, but they need to get more and more and more of those. And that's what, that's what just needs to happen. It should just be constant. They should have all those, because they own those games. They don't have to worry about licensing those. 
the uh, the the PlayStation now should have all the old MLB games. Yeah, I know those old baseball games, but there's someone out there that's going to want to play them. Trust me. Look, I I played lots of sports games. I play a lot of sports games. Sometimes I want the older ones because it has different things that the newer ones don't. There is a reason for it. Put them all on there. If you're if if it's licensing is the issue, all new licensing deals should go towards that. They should go to 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 that should be part of the deal. It's just something that that that's kind of missing with with uh, PlayStation now that Game Pass doesn't have, and I'm hoping that does get fixed because to be honest, Game Game Pass and now. And then some of the other little streaming services may end up being the future of gaming. I think that it's possible that that ends up being how games are mostly played in the future. I don't want to say all, but mostly just because it's, it's a good deal. It, it, music's that way with Spotify and Apple Music and Pandora and, you know, the 8,000 TV show and movie apps we have free and also uh, pay. Video games is just starting to do that. And I know that that's because video games cost so much to make on average if it's if it's any major developed title. I think that's a lot of it. And so they're still working out. They don't have the old library of movies and TV shows that it, you know they haven't. They don't. You know Sony doesn't have 50 years of video games, so they can't just put up old video games. You know, because they, they, the library's there. They have to kind of recoup their costs more because the games cost so much. But I'm hoping that that's something that they can start doing. The Uncharted games, they should be on there. They've been up for a while. I think they're on there, but I think that some of them are missing. It's like really strange. And all the MLBs, you know, that should be fixed. Uh, EA has every single Madden on EA Access. Every single Madden of this generation is on there. But EA's got a problem because EA Access varies depending on the platform you're on. Uh, some games are only Xbox, some games are only PlayStation. Most of them are only uh, more Xbox, I think, than PlayStation the last time I checked. And that needs fixed. Th that should be standardized. I'm hoping that that the, the new generation is, I think the new generation is going to be, I think it's going to be more standardized. I think we're going to have a more uniform platforms between systems. It's going to be Mac and PC, but it's going to be, most of the games are identical except for the exclusives. I don't, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of difference in terms of the other capabilities. I'm really hoping that PlayStation allows more apps on their store, for instance. There's a lot of the like TV, TV streaming apps, that aren't on there. Maybe some of that might have had to do because they had PlayStation View, but that's on its way out. But there's also a lot of other apps that weren't on now, or not on now, but on PlayStation Network that were on the Xbox. And I hope that we see more. I want them to be like Roku's. I want them to have that uh, that amount of apps. I, I heard they had to pay to, to get an app on there. I think if they should strike deals with these major companies to not to not do that. I think we want to have an all-in-one platform. I think that that's something that I'm, I'm thinking we're getting that. We're starting to see that with games. Some of the games that used to only be exclusive are, or, 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 or the, the, the online parts are separate, are now merging. Tekken, I believe, is on all of them. You can play between them. Xbox, Rocket League, you can play 
between all the systems pretty much now, including PC. And MLB The Show is now going to be available on the Xbox starting two years now, for 2021. It's going to be on Xbox. That game is made by Sony, folks. Think about that. A Sony game on that system. There's been rumors of Game Pass going to be available on the PlayStation Store. This some crazy talk. That's some wild, wild stuff. So I think we're going to start to see a little bit more standardization. Because to be honest, I don't really care what system I play it on. As long as I can play with my friends, the controller is good, and the experience doesn't differ. If the games play the same, the games play the same. It doesn't bother me. I don't really care. Uh, that wraps it up for today's episode. Uh, sorry about not having the New Year's Dash review. I will. I will do it tomorrow. I, I, you know, I haven't really watched all of it, and because Russell Kingdom, man, that was a lot. But I don't know if I can dedicate a full episode to it. I think it's just going to kind of be something I talk about for five, ten minutes, and I'm going to talk about the impact of Jushin Liger in that episode as well. And if you have anything to say, please feel free to get me out on any social media platform at Geeky Steve B. Also, I have my books available on Amazon. Just search Stephen Dick Jr. You'll see them on there. If you have any kind of reason to contact me, contact me. It doesn't. You can send me hate mail. I just want to someone out there is listening. That doesn't bother me at all. If I'm getting across to somebody something, that's awesome. Hey, man, till tomorrow, take care. See you.